Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. What have I said? What have I said over and over? If we don't adopt the left's tactics soon, there will be no tactics left to adopt because there will be no more people for the left to fight because we'll all be gone. Will evaporate like a like an Alka Seltzer tablet. There will be no conservative movement, MAGA movement, libertarian movement, or Republican movement left. I've said it over and over. Gonna dig into that today as Saul Alinsky's rules make another appearance on the show. Saul Alinsky, leftist organizer. His rules are actually quite effective. That's why we find ourselves in the box we are. I got that today. I've also got some terrific video from the impeachment fiasco that broke really bad on the Democrat clown show on Saturday. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today. Get a VPN. Don't wait. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino show. Let's get right to it. So a little bit of cancel culture, a lot of video today. Also this block on inflation and the debt you're going to want to hear because it involves your wallet, your future, and your kid's economic future. Critical stuff. All right, today's show brought to you, as I said, by ExpressVPN. I've been talking about them for months. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Maybe you thought, hey, it's America. We have free speech and privacy laws. Do we? And so you hesitated. Perhaps you believed that the Congress wouldn't allow big tech to censor and spy on you. And so you didn't act. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you this. With the Democrats in charge of government and your liberty under attack from all sides, there's never been a more important time to protect your digital rights and privacy. It's why me... And thousands of my patriotic listeners choose to secure our online data using ExpressVPN. Do you believe that VPN is not for you because you can't use it? You can use the internet just fine without one. That is no longer true. Big tech is now controlling our digital lives. Are you confused how a VPN works? Don't be. It's super simple. It's an app for computers and smartphones. It encrypts your network data, reroutes it through a secure server. You like my gesticulations today, Joe? That means you can use the internet more anonymously without having your activity tracked. You think VPNs are complex and only for tech experts? Take it from me. I am not a tech expert. They're not. You just launch the app by tapping a button on your phone. An app that's simple as that to protect yourself. It's not that complicated. I trust ExpressVPN to protect my online data because they're rated number one. They stand for my values. Now's the time for you to take a stance. One button, super easy. Take back your privacy at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Get an extra three months free. Visit expressvpn.com slash Bongino right now. All right, producer Joe, let's go. Here we go. Thank you. Good to be back on a Monday. All right, let's get right into it with this video. So, um, listen, one of the great Bennies, you know, the Benny packages and work, get some Bennies, healthcare, whatever it is. One of the great Bennies of the Trump years, the Trump presidency we're all missing right now, is he taught us that. The media are hostile enterprise when it comes to the truth, largely, not all of them, but most of them. And that you should use your microphones, all of them. That's not just Trump. All of us should use our microphone to immediately stop and fight back with a ferocity against false narratives. Use your microphones, whether it's your social media account, whether you're a governor of a large state in Florida like Ron DeSantis. Whether you're Donald Trump with the biggest microphone in the world, everybody should use their microphones to fight back immediately. Here is a perfect example from one of Trump's fantastic attorneys who did a spectacular job in the impeachment hearing on Saturday. Some of you may have seen this clip, some not. It's long. I just wanted to, this is just the end of it. I don't want to play the whole thing because it went viral this weekend. This is Michael Vanderveen 
One of President Trump's attorneys in the impeachment hoax. In again, a doctor of philosophy, PhD level course in a minute on how to deal with the media. Let me set it up quick. He's on an interview with CBS. And one of these alleged reporters is talking about how the Democrats in the impeachment hearing actually doctored evidence. They added verified blue check marks to Twitter accounts to make the Twitter accounts appear more serious. Look, they're verified. This is a really important person. They actually changed the date on a tweet from 2020 to 2021 to make it seem like the tweet was connected to the January 6th a Capitol incident. They actually doctored evidence. And the reporter's like, you know, to be fair, there's, in other words, like taking the edge off it like it's not a big deal. Vanderveen shuts that stuff. We're on terrestrial radio. Write down PhD course on how to deal with the media. Check this out. I, I will remind you that what I said was that for our viewers who have not we been following all of the hours of of this trial, mm -hmm. to be clear about what you what you are speaking about, and I understand I'm speaking that about you seem the House managers' upset. failure to prove their case. That's that, that's what I'm telling and you. They you weren't able to prove their the case. Acquittal. You have won the acquittal of your client. Yes, and if you'd I like did. to continue to talk about this conversation, we can have that discussion. I don't need but, to. Uh, but for me to ask a question, a, a, slant, a, question a slanted question, a slanted question that was set up question. to say it's okay for them to cheat. That was your question. Isn't it okay for that. them to cheat? I didn't it's say just that. Just a little bit. You no. said, to be fair, it was it's only fine. a check on the Twitter. That's what you said. You got to live by your words. I, I, That's the problem. The media has to start living by the truth and not try to right. create a narrative. Michael Vanderveen. Yeah. Thank you for Citizen. joining us. I, I do appreciate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh. I see you taking off your microphone now. That was President Trump's defense attorney, Michael Vanderveen. Oh. 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 My man, there it is. <laughs> Thank you for talking. See, Joe knows the radio rules. There's seven <laughs> seconds of dead air and they start going to the best of because on terrestrial, right, Joe? <laughs> terrestrial radio, nobody likes us. So Joe's kind of mumbling in the background. He can make sure that all our affiliates who are on radio don't go to, uh, you know, don't go to commercial <laughs> or something else. No, we're still, we're, 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 we're still here. That's how it's done. That's how it's done. I wish I had the cigar too, but that thing's kind of gross right now. Mm -hmm. I, now people start sending me cigars. What do, what do people do anything? That's how it's done, folks. What? How what's done? So we can learn something from this. I never, ever like to do shows where we just put it out there and go, hey, that was great. Look, they really wrecked him. They did. She, he did wreck that journalist. But notice how uncomfortable she is when she's confronted by the fact that she tried to frame a question to pitch a false narrative. And rather than answering the question, which affirms the false narrative, what does Mr. Vanderveen do? He recorrects and reframes the question in the appropriate way and puts her entirely on the defensive. Ladies and gentlemen, never ask a question, answer a question from the media. That is not, in fact, a question. It's a statement. Never. That was not a question. She wanted to minimize the Democrats. You get what happened there? Oh, the yeah. reporter, air quotes there, wanted to minimize the Democrats manipulating evidence in an impeachment trial. Manipulating evidence in an impeachment trial. 
She wanted to minimize it. By the way, a tactic, Joe, in any criminal or civil trial outside of the Congress that would get you immediately disbarred. Immediately disbarred and thrown off the trial, a mistrial declared immediately. She wants to minimize it. So she says, well, to be fair, and he doesn't take any of it. Who is that? What's that inside? What's going on in there? We got like some, we got like a green room inside here. It's like chaos breaking. That's how exactly how this, you reframe immediately. You don't let the narrative go forward. Under any circumstances, you stop it right there and reframe it. And notice one other thing he did, which was terrific. (laughs) Green room chaos. He says at one point, he says, Michael Vanderveen, citizen, citizen. Well done, Mr. Vanderveen. Good job. Vanderveen did a spectacular job during the impeachment trial as well. He did another thing. This is during the trial. That was an interview afterwards. Of course, President uh, Trump, which we knew was going to be acquitted on these ridiculous charges. He was up there and he called out another thing that happened. Here's the actual video from an imp- from the impeachment trial. What Mr. Vanderveen, one of President Trump's lawyers, again calling out the left on how not only they manipulated evidence, but everything they seem to have is hearsay upon hearsay upon hearsay. It's a, hey, hey, Joe, it's one of these, Tony heard from Bobby that Paula told Tony, Bobby said that he overheard Tony telling Bobby Uh that Marie told, I'm running out of names, Isabel, that Amelia told Guy that Drew told Joe that something happened. Now, Joe, what's the reason we don't allow hearsay in trials and we don't allow doctored evidence? Because it's probably a bad idea. Because you have this thing, as Joe knows, called the phone game, that by the time a quote gets to 62,000 people and makes it into court, it's not actually the same quote anymore. Someone tells someone the sky is blue by the time it makes it into the, uh, by the time it makes it into, into the courts, the statement is, I'm high as Lou. <laughs> You're high as Lou. You've been smoking weed. I said the sky is blue. That's why we don't allow hearsay. But that's not exactly what the Democrats, in addition to doctoring evidence, did in now their second failed impeachment trial. Trump being now, as the Babylon Bee said, accurate headline, Joe, the most acquitted president in U.S. history. Acquitted twice. <laughs> They based most of their case on reports they heard in the media, not what actual people said. Very weird. Good job by Mr. Vanderveen calling that out, too. Check this out. First of all, it's my understanding it's been reported uh, that um, Mr. McCarthy disclaims the rumors that have been the basis of this morning's antics, but really the rumors that have been the basis of this entire proceeding. This entire proceeding is based on rumor, report, innuendo. There's nothing to it, and they didn't do their work. Just like what happened with Mr. Lee two or three nights ago, some supposed conversation had happened, and they had to withdraw that. They had to back off of that because it was false. It was a false narrative. That's how it's done. I, I have to tell you, folks, I've never heard of Mr. Vanderveen before. Maybe some of you know him or don't, but what a job. Unbelievably well done as they took it right back to the Democrats, inciting violence. Inciting violence? What about your history of inciting violence? And the best case you can make is that someone heard that someone heard McCarthy said this. While McCarthy says, that's not exactly what I heard. 
Kevin McCarthy they're talking about. Well done. Let me repeat what I said in the beginning. If you're running for office, you're a conservative activist, you're on social media, you all have a microphone. If there is a lesson from the Trump era, I'll say it again. It is that you should use your microphone to always call out false narratives and never, ever ask a question that is not a legitimate question, but a statement. Correct the statement and the false framing first. Correct the statement and the false framing first. Van Der Veen just did it twice. Did you catch it? In the first interview, the reporter tries to frame the question as, well, they may have doctored evidence, but it's not a big deal. He's not answering the question about doctoring evidence till he addresses the reporter who thinks it's not a big deal. Very nice. Secondly, what does he do? Did you catch it? Joe, are you catching it? Vanderveen <laughs> doesn't address the reports because the reports are inaccurate. It's hearsay. He addresses the fact that the Democrats have based their case on hearsay, which isn't even admissible, and he attacks the whole reports narrative. This guy is a genius, this Vanderveen. Yep. Where's this guy been? Can we hire this guy? Is it possible? Can we hire this guy? We can always use a good lawyer. Can we? Biz uh, uh, Ray probably went through the roof after this. It gets better. So lesson number one, use your microphone. Lesson number two, always, always correct false narratives before answering a question about a false narrative. We all have to learn this. And we'll get to Alinsky's rules shortly too. Watch this video. Sorry, it's a lot of video, but it's important. I don't like to beat you over the head with video, but this today it's critical. Rarely do we start the show with four straight, but that's going to happen today. President Trump's legal team also took the opportunity, another excellent lawyer, David Schoen, who did a terrific job to confront the second false narrative. President Trump incited violence on his January 6th speech. He did what? By calling people to march Peacefully and patriotically, that's the actual transcript of President Trump's words. How that? How that's inciting violence is beyond me, but if you're a liberal lunatic and your media allies, that probably makes sense to you because you're not sane. So again, instead of addressing that, uh, that entirely false premise, he attacks the premise head on. That is it really President Trump that was inciting violence? Maybe before we even get to that question, we should establish who's really inciting violence. And they went on with this six to 10 minute video. I don't remember how long showing the Democrats calling for a fight, 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 and it actually inciting violence themselves. He does that. And then he did this. They took the opportunity, the Trump team and their lawyer, David Schoen, for the first time in a long time with a national audience. Why do I say that? Because it's the first time a national audience of people that were watching the impeachment hoax hearing on Saturday. Joe, this is the first time they've heard this. Mm. They have been told for four years now, three years, probably, no, four years, that President Trump, after the disaster in Charlottesville and the death of Heather Heyer, they have been told, and people believe it still, Joe, that President Trump said, that there were very fine people on both sides. And clearly their narrative was this. The President Trump was talking about white supremacists, that they were very fine people. We call it us interested in the truth, the fine people hoax. Because that's not exactly what President Trump said. And they edited it. They edited the evidence again 
And David Schoen calls him out in this piece where I'm telling you the national audience for the first time is hearing the truth about the fine people hoax. Check this out. Well, this lie traveled around the world a few times, made its way into the Biden campaign talking points, and ended up on the Senate floor. The Charlottesville lie. Very fine people on both sides. Except that isn't all he said. And they knew it then, and they know it now. Watch this. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history, you're changing culture, and you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? That's probably the first time people across the country have heard that actual speech. Because they've been lied to by a propaganda media that wanted you to believe President Trump was referring to white supremacists as fine people, even though he very specifically and clearly in the unedited video, the undoctored video, not the one the Democrats who doctored the evidence use, clearly says, and I am not talking about these white supremacists uh, or white nationalists, whatever he said exactly, he said they are to be condemned completely. Those are just his words. Those Those are just his words. Again. An example of takeaway number two from today. Do not answer questions on false narratives. They're not questions, they're statements. By you answering the question, you play into their false narrative. Sean took the opportunity to correct that too. Let's go back to lesson number one, and I want to move on to Alinsky's rules and how they apply to what happened this weekend, where cancel culture are taking uh, uh, oral Diana ball right now. That's a steroid, for those of you who don't remember the 70s and the bodybuilder uh, Diana Ball era back then where they probably chewed them like uh, Tic Tacs. Cancel culture's metastasizing. But let me get to this one too. Our good friend Ron DeSantis, who we really love, who is absolutely terrific as the governor of Florida, shows you again how you can use a microphone, not play into media false narratives, and get it out there. Every one of you, it's not just him, get the truth out there and reestablish people in a bedrock home of truth and authenticity. This guy does it great. Uh, he is going to be a serious, serious contender in the future for the for national office, the presidency, maybe Senate afterwards, whatever he decides. Here's Governor Ron DeSantis using his microphone, like we should all be doing, to correct this false narrative that schools should be shut down because of some catastrophic risk to students from the coronavirus, which is inaccurate. Check this out. We followed the evidence and the data. We didn't follow special interests. We didn't follow hysteria. We did what was right by students and families, and we're much better for that. And the fact that you're going to have schools that are going to be closed for this entire school year and probably even into the fall uh, is a national disgrace. Florida led on education. We were there for our working parents. We were there for our students. 
Uh, and we're going to continue to do that. And we are not turning back. As I said, use your microphone, correct the narratives. Ladies and gentlemen, if you answer the questions without correcting the narratives in advance, Trump called white supremacists fine people false. It's okay to doctor evidence. I'm just, I'm just, you know, to be fair. No, to be fair is to not doctor evidence. Correct the narratives. Use your microphone. Use your microphone. You have power now using social media and other platforms we did not have 20 years ago. What were you going to do? Write a letter to the editor at the paper? That was your best option. You were lucky it got printed. Everybody has a letter to the editor now. You're the editor. And social media is that tool. Use your microphone. It matters. All right. Now, next, I want to get to cancel culture. Absolutely metastasizing. And I want to, importantly, because I never like to leave you without solutions. It's easy to complain. Everybody does it. I like to do it a lot. It's cathartic. Makes me feel good. But solutions matter, not complaints. We'll get to that in a second. Don't miss that block. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Magic Spoon. Hey, growing up, we all know it. All, there's no one. I mean, the cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, was it not? Maybe the best part. You read the back of the box in the morning. But we had to give it up, most of us, because we realized, no, I did, because it was full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't be eating. Magic Spoon has released a brand new variety pack of absolutely delicious, un. They're so good. Flavors now featuring peanut butter. They released peanut butter as a limited edition flavor in 2020, and it sold out three times. Probably going to sell out 20 more times because people love this stuff. Peanut butter has gotten so much love, they've decided to make it permanent and add it to the best sellers variety pack, which includes Frosty, Fruity, and Cocoa. It has zero sugar magic spoon cereal, 13 to 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories a serving. It is absolutely delicious. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And it's not here because this is a box in our house of strawberry that, as you can see, is empty. Uh, here's another box of strawberry that's empty. And here's another box of peaches and cream that is empty. I love my kids. But they eat the heck out of this and always throw the empty boxes back on the shelf. Go to magicspoon.com slash Bongino. Grab a variety pack. Try it today. Be sure to use our promo code Bongino at checkout to save $5 off your order. We just got that order. It's already gone. Send us some more Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon's so confident their product is back with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember. Get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Bongino and use the code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, to save $5 off. Thanks, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. So we just took a short break. You didn't even notice because Paula splices it all together, but Joe had a one of his pearls of wisdom again. We'll be covering at the end of the show. We will end today's show today, so you have to stay tuned to the end. I hate teases, but it's true. It's a seven-second video of our hero of the day. Don't worry, I won't sing Metallica again. I don't know, I might, it depends. I got a lot of complaints about my Metallica singing, how awful it was. But the video at the end of the day, Joe just said it right because he's clever and I'm not. Joe's like, hey, it's another guy who used the microphone. You'll see at the end of the show, our hero of the day. We'll decide on Metallica. I'm, I'm going through it in my head now. First, cancel culture. Cancel culture. Metastasizing. And importantly, how to, how to, we're going to talk about how to get it back. Just the news, John Solomon's site. Great piece today. Cancel culture hits fever pitch. Journalists, critics, actors, TV hosts, musicians in the crosshairs. Folks, 
I really, I'm having a hard time going through all the examples of just the cancel culture episodes that have happened since Friday. I'm not kidding because it's gotten so bad. It's really tough to keep track. We've had reporters since just this last week, reporters, even at liberal rags canceled. We had Gina Carano, excellent actress um, and a real American hero right now canceled from the Mandalorian on Disney plus. I hope you canceled your Disney plus folks. Uh, what else? Oh, oh, the bachelor, the bachelor, the bachelor dude. Is there, Joe, has there ever been a more like benign, non-political dude than Chris Harrison at The Bachelor? Man. It's like, Tony, do you accept this rose? What the, what the hell is that? The, do you accept this rose guy got canceled? Not a joke. You may be laughing like, right. come on, Dan. The Chris Harrison, do you accept the rose guy? You know his face. You may not know his name. Yes, he got canceled too. John Solomon's piece. Just the news. Quote, there's blood in the water, folks. Cancel culture is seemingly growing intolerance. This is, I'm sorry, I hate when I cut myself off, but this is genius. May be related to several factors, according to Philip Smith, a professor of sociology at Yale University. Wow, Yale and an actual moment of brilliance here. Very strange how that happened. Quote, here's Philip Smith, this professor. I guess we can argue that there's an interaction effect between social media, the psychodynamics of a brief moment of mob power, free-floating free anxiety in our age that can latch onto something, and the pleasure of moral indignation, Smith told Just the News. Bingo! Just like Joe Biden when he said he was going to take your guns. Came through with that, too. He's trying right now. We'll hopefully get to that later, if not tomorrow. That's important. Two critical takeaways from that first screenshot in just the news. A little hyper today, folks. That's okay. First, Joe, what did we talk about last week? We canceled culture. There's power in the mob. Mm -hmm. There's power. People crave power. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not complicated. It may sound overly philosophical and metaphysical in some weird way. It's not. It's just a simple tautological truth and fact. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, to quote Lord Acton. People crave power. Why? Because this, the same reason we, we crave Five Guys Burgers, because it tastes good. Power just feels good. It leads to things like prestige, a, a, a padding of your ego. It gives people who have, sadly, and I do mean sadly, rather meaningless lives in many cases. It gives a meaning mm -hmm. and a cause. Mob power is even better because you can lose yourself in the cause without having to take responsibility for its out from its outcome. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? Quick story, if I may, point of personal privilege here. When I was a police officer with the NYPD, one of the things they used to teach us in riot control training was that if you're looking at someone straight ahead of you and you're on that line holding the bike rack while people are ripping it, taking it apart and trying to attack you and riot, one of the best things to do is if you can get their name to look them in the eye and say, Robbie, calm down. This is brilliant. This is, why? Why does that matter? Why does a person in the middle of a riot care about having their name and being asked? No, 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 no. One of the advantages of being in a mob, whether it's a cancel culture mob online or an actual mob in real life, is the ability to emote, 
feel your power, sow your oats, but not face any of the personal consequences so you get lost in the collective action. When someone looks you in the eye and says your name specifically, it personalizes you again. It grounds you back in you rather than this collective mob that seems to take over where people just do stupid things. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, I've tried it multiple times. It works. It personalizes people. It makes them realize what they're doing has consequences. Them, personally. They can't just blame the mob. I know it sounds crazy, but it works. There's power in a mob. Second point that Professor Smith there made is there's pleasure in it, ladies and gentlemen. There's not only power in a cancel mob, but there's pleasure in it. Joe, it's just just a fact, yeah. right? If you don't like doing something, you stop doing it. Yeah. A lot of things Joe and I don't like, we stop doing it. This show has evolved so much from the early SoundCloud days, you can only find those episodes there, that it's probably unrecognizable to people if you just started listening to go back and listen. Why? Because Joe and I didn't like stuff. We were like, that's good. That's not good. You just stop doing it. You don't, me and Joe didn't sit down and go, eh, we don't like that segment. Let's do more of it. <laughs> Nobody does that. <laughs> we're laughing, but it's true. So if you don't like canceling people and you get no sense of enjoyment out of it, you would stop doing it, but they don't. It's only getting worse. That's why this is so dangerous. But let's go. All right. Now that we've set up the problem, liberals, their radical leftist cancel culture acolytes love mob power, number one, and they get some sense of satisfaction from it. Number two, how do we fight back and what's the problem? Well, I can tell you first, let's first say what we shouldn't do, what's what not to do with cancel culture. <clears throat> Sorry, <coughs> I choked myself there. He also suggested, this is the professor, a blood in the water effect might be at play. One where folks pile on if they sense humiliation is possible. Quote, whatever the person being canceled says is turned against them and feeds the fire, he said. The best strategy is probably to say nothing and wait for things to go away. The opposite of what businesses are told about the need for an apology up front and right now. Public apologies, of course, are a hallmark of cancel culture. With rare exceptions, public figures often rush quickly to issue apologies on social media in an effort to forestall any more damage. To quote Joe Biden, who's going to now steal your guns again. Bingo! Bingo! <laughs> Apologizing will do you no good, folks. It only feeds the sense of power and the sense of pleasure people gain from having that power overview. They don't care about the apology. Just gas the, the rose guy from the bachelor. Do you accept this rose? Cancel culture's like double barrel, middle finger, go stuck yourself. Cancel culture cares about apologies? No, not at all. So why do you do them? Because some PR person told me to do it. Do they have any actual evidence it works? No, they have none. So why are you doing it? So let's talk about now how to fight back and how to win, because I just told you what not to do, which is if you feel like you're being canceled, listen, if you screw something up really bad, you know, you're like a serial killer and you're busted. Yeah, you probably should be canceled. But for episodes like this, this new craze where everybody's canceled for everything, do not apologize. Make no, no, effort. it's a waste of your time. Why would you do it? So I now just told you what not to do. Here's what we do. 
Was it Tommy Boy? I need a culture expert around hmm. here. Joe's good with music, mm -hmm. but he's okay with movies, not, but no, not that not great. Movies, no. Is that a fair assessment, Joe? Yeah. I'm not insulting you. I'm not, not a movie guy. You're not like, Joe's not Mr. Movie. Dude. Yeah, me else either. But I'm pretty sure Chris Farley, God rest his soul, in, in Tommy Boy, it may have been Tommy Boy or the one that came after that. I, I call it the, that's your theory approach. <laughs> if you've seen the movie, you know where I'm going. Joe has no idea what I'm talking about. Either this Paul or anyone else. But in the movie, every time someone insults Chris Farley, who plays this happy dunce in the movie, who inherits this company from his dad and doesn't know what to do with it. Every time someone insults him, he just goes, that's your theory. It doesn't mean anything, but it's the perfect response to everything. It's, when you see the movie, you'll laugh and you'll think of this show. This is the new approach to cancel culture for everyone. No apologies. And that's your theory. That's your response for everything. And laugh it off. Oh, Dan, that doesn't work. Really? Let's go back to Saul Alinsky's rules. Saul Alinsky, famous radical leftist organizer, scion of the left. The left has used Alinsky's, what, 13 rules forever to organize very sophisticated attacks against conservatives, libertarians, and MAGA supporters. What are his rules? Well, how does cancel culture work? Let's go back to Alinsky rule here. Number one, I'm going to go to three of them here. Here's number one of three we're going to talk about today. Pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. That's what they do, right? Gina Carano became a target. Disney plus Mandalorian actress and what we who we believe to be a conservative. I mean, she may, she may not be, but based on some of her posts where she does this crazy thing, Joe, supporting liberty and freedom yeah. and asking yeah. questions, you know, Nuts. verboten amongst the cancer. I know, very bad amongst the cancer culture crowd. So how did they do it? Well, of the multitude of targets they had available that day, the radical left decided to pick Gina Carano. Freeze it. Don't let her off the hook. Go to Twitter, fake book, all of your biased social media, non-Section 230 compliant platforms, freeze her in place and attack. Personalize it. Tell stories about how Gina Carano daring to ask questions about mask usage has personally led to the death of your grandma, whatever. They probably make most of these stories up. Of course, the connection is totally ridiculous, but they make it personal. I used to say when I ran for office, the left is very good about making things bleed. Bleed, in other words, feel alive. Anything. Make it real. Make it so you pinch it and it's like you can almost feel it. The left is great at that. Pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. Polarize it. Create poles. Like a magnet. You're either with us or you're against us. How do they do that? Folks, it's genius. And for you not to adopt the tactic, you'd be foolish yourself. You say things like, Disney Plus continues to let Gina Carano play Cara Dune in The Mandalorian and, and act and make a living as an actress. They are definitely anti-science and they're anti-Semitic too. Because Gina Carano posted a statement about the dangers of Nazi Germany and groupthink. Well, that connection seems a little weird that she would be anti-Semitic warning about the effects of anti-Semitism. It doesn't matter if it's real, folks. All that matters is you make it up and you make it convincing in your, in your efforts 
to gaslight. Thank you, movie dude, who sent me this. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. You just made it up. What matters is you polarize it. You're either with us and you fire Gina Carano, one poll, or you're an anti-Semite. Huh? What the hell? So how do we take the Tommy boy? That's your theory approach to that. Well, we go to one of Solonitsky's other rules. Yeah, this is the same set of rules. Quote, Zelensky, a tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. Well, if you don't answer and you don't apologize and people like Disney just ignore this, well, what happens? You've unfroze the target. Your polarizing isn't working. Either is your personalization. The tactic starts to drag on and it becomes a real drag because it gets boring after a while. Folks, if you're not memorizing Alinsky's rules and using them in this fight we're in now, you are making an enormous tactical mistake. For the moral failings of the man, his rules were genius. And memorizing his rules is the equivalent of a modern-day SWOT analysis. Not SWAT like special weapons and tactics like police force. SWAT, S-W-O-T. For those of you who've gone to business school, it's one of the few things. <laughs> I learned a lot in business school. It's one of the few things you can use to develop a matrix, to develop strategies for your business. And it works if you do it right. The S and the W in SWOT analysis stands for strengths and weaknesses. And the essence of a SWOT analysis is how to leverage and take advantage of your strengths to take advantage of opportunities and mitigate threats. But it's also how to mitigate weaknesses, to forestall opportunities others may have, and to cut off threats. Learning Alinsky's rules fits into the SWAT matrix. One, you can use the rules because they work as a strength. But secondly, one of your weaknesses, you've been subjected to the rules. We've been picked, polarized, and canceled. If you knew the rules in advance and that's a weakness, you can mitigate the threats from it. Because you know what's coming and you know how to make the tactic drag on and make it a drag. Folks, I'm sorry. This is not like me trying to put myself on some kind of faux pedestal. But there are not enough people in the conservative content creation space right now talking about this. There's a lot of complaining going on. But there's not a lot of like, well, what are they doing how is it their strength? How is it a weakness for us? How do we make it our strength? And how do we mitigate the weakness by having it used against us? That's tactics. And once we expose the weakness of their position, Gina Carano is an anti-Semite, totally, completely fabricated, made up. She is the, an anti-anti-Semite. That was the point of her post. Once we expose it, how fake and phony, and we don't apologize, and we make them drag it out over and over and over, it will do what? It will expose the weakness of their position that they thought was a strength, their ability to cancel people. Which brings up Olinsky rule number three today. We're going to, there's a lot of them, but we'll cover just three today. Don't ever forget this one. Power is not only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. It's a strength for our ideological opponents, us thinking they can cancel us at any minute. 
even though their power is a bunch of kids in their basement on social media tweeting to Disney. Well, what happens when that's exposed? And when a company with guts, unlike Disney, doesn't cancel a Gina Carano, and they realize not only doesn't it you know, not affect their bottom line at all, but they'll probably get new viewers on Disney Plus if they hadn't done what they did because people would be like, wow, that was pretty cool. They stood up to the mob for once. It'll dismantle the house of cards these leftists have been living on the entire time, which is their faux power. Their power is not real. It's fake because they live by the Alinsky rule that power is not what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. And too many people for too long think this is actual organized leftist power. It's a joke. All right, let me get to my third sponsor, and I want to get to a very important story. And I got the video, our hero of the day. I'm leaning heavily towards the not singing Metallica because I can't take any more. <laughs> Joe and I were laughing. Joe's actually a professional singer. <laughs> not me. The most unprofessional of singers ever. All right, today's show, this is Producer Joe's absolute favorite sponsor, our friends at Rock Auto. Why? Because Joe is, in addition to being a, you know, a musician, a very talented audio producer, he's also an at-home mechanic, yeah. and he does his own work on his cars. So one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money. You can then use for other important things, you know, the mortgage, the food, that kind of stuff. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts store at a chain store or a new car dealership? I don't know. You can get a whole bunch of parts. For example, a Delphi uh, uh, fuel pump assembly for a 2005 2010 Honda Odyssey. It could cost you $353, but it's only $216.79 at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything. Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver like Joe, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com is unique and super easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for the pros and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. It's crazy time. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car and truck. Write Bongino, my last name, in that how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you over there. An amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Rock Auto. Com. Check it out. All right. Listen, this is an important story, all right? We're looking into a real fiscal financial abyss right now, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a joke, and we are getting into the danger zone. And for the leftists out there, oh, Dan, now that Biden's in office, you're talking about the debt and deficit. T.O., time out. Hold on. Not too many props today. Red flag going under the hood for review. No way. There's laundry on the field, folks. Did I not? Joe, you, you're here. Paula, you've been Sir. here. You know the deal. Uh, what is the one criticism I had of the Trump administration? The debt and deficits were exploding. Yep. The government's spending money. It doesn't happen. So please, I don't know what other conservatives did. Uh, some, A lot of them called it out too. Not me. I have been consistent on this from day one, so I'm not going to accept that at all. We are in real trouble, like serious trouble. Washington Examiner. Federal deficit to hit $2.3 trillion in 2021 the second largest shortfall since World War II. Folks, this is kind of a big deal. Why? 
I don't know how to explain this in any simpler terms from everyone out there across the political spectrum who is seemingly unconcerned about this debt and thinks this modern monetary theory stuff is real. Modern monetary theory, also known as MMT, for obvious reasons. MMT says, don't worry, we'll just print our way out of it. That's the gist of it. No problem at all. Really? So you're telling me that the government paying both people and vendors to provide government services with money we don't have. That's what a deficit means for the liberals listening, that we spent over $2 trillion that did not come into the government. So we spent it, but we didn't have it. So what did we do? We just made the money up. You're telling me there's no downside to that whatsoever? Oh, sane people like Joseph Sternberg at the Wall Street Journal beg to differ. He's like, hey, what this inflation debate misses, inflation. Focusing only on consumer prices allows economists to miss all the other social danger signs of bad prices. Folks, this is a brilliant piece. I'm going to get to three screenshots, but it's important because what is going on here? There are some economists out there who prefer the printing of money endlessly, who are saying, oh, don't worry. You know, in the past, we could print money and it obviously led to inflation. Why? Inflation is a very simple phenomenon, folks. You print a lot of money and you don't make more goods for the money to buy then more money is chasing the same goods. So if there's one Kenny Bell right here, it's the Kenny Bell. Want to see the Kenny Bell? Kenny Bell. Mm. There it is. If we're not making more Kenny Bells because the economy's struggling and no one's working to make Kenny Bells, but we're printing more money to buy Kenny Bells, then the one Kenny Bell out there can get more money, can fetch more money at a higher price because there's more money and not enough Kenny Bells. It's not hard to understand. Liberals have a tough time with this, though. So Joseph Sternberg at the Wall Street Journal is like, hey, we're in real trouble here, folks, because we've seen inflation literally take down countries in the past. We're going down the same road and nobody seems concerned about it all. So we just print more money to pay for stuff we don't have. Excuse me, to pay for items we don't have the tax base to support. He says, quote, pay attention to this. This is not a joke. Something extraordinary is breaking out at the moment. A debate about inflation. The trigger is this $1.9 trillion stimulus bill Biden and the Capitol Hill Democrats intend to ram through on a party vote. The sum, ladies and gentlemen, is so outlandish that it's making even veteran spendthrifts nervous. This is a quote from Larry Summers. Larry Summers, who was Clinton's Treasury Secretary. I did some work for him in the Secret Service. This guy is no conservative. He is as left these days as it gets. He wasn't always, but he is now. This is even a leftist saying this. He says, quote, there's a chance that macroeconomic stimulus on a scale closer to World War II levels than normal recession levels will set off inflationary pressures of a kind we have not seen in a generation. This is a leftist saying, hey, dudes and ladies, this is probably not a good idea to print $2 trillion to pay for stuff we don't have the money for through the government. That doesn't sound good. Because the $2 trillion is going to find its way into an economy and there's not enough gavels and Kenny Bells out there to scoop up. <laughs> Kenny Bell rings forever when you get it. Scoop <laughs> up and we need like a Kenny Bell buffer to absorb all this money. Ladies and gentlemen, history is flashing red si sirens right now. The sirens are going and nobody is paying attention. Here. Second screenshot from the Sternberg piece. Insight emerges from a browse through Ferguson's 1975 history of Germany's hyperinflation. When money dies, that was the name of it. 
the run-up in consumer prices was only part of the way the monetary excesses of the early 1920s destroyed German society. Other evils abounded. In other words, what he's saying in this next paragraph is looking only at prices, consumer prices, how much the Kenny Bell cost without focusing on where inflation and money printing destroyed society elsewhere is dumb. He goes on. This is what happened in, when it took down you know, the Weimar Republic. Middle-class investors found the value of and income from their capital wrecked by a phenomenal bid-up in prices for financial assets whose nominal gains masked inflation-adjusted plunges. I'll translate in a minute. Financial disorders stoked growing unease, bordering on panic on the part of a bourgeoisie that had relied on its capital investments to fuel German economic growth and fund its consumption. What are they saying there? This guy's saying, we've tried this in history, the mass printing of money, and what happened in Germany that led to its collapse and, a, and a, a, a really a 30, 40-year stretch of disaster. He talks about there was such a panic to get yield and returns on your money as your money got inflated away, that people started chasing other assets, that their nominal gains in those assets couldn't even keep up with the inflation. Simple example. You keep your money in a bank account. Inflation eats away its value. As prices go up and up and up, it takes you more money to buy the same stuff. So if you keep your money in a bank account that doesn't grow as fast as inflation, you can't buy stuff anymore. So what were people doing? Chasing crazier and crazier projects, speculative projects, hoping to get the return on the next whatever, Facebook or something. And even the nominal returns. Hey, I gained 10% today on my investment in Facebook or whatever, the new Facebook, whatever it may be. Great, inflation was 20%. You actually lost money. He goes on. A consequence of these chaotic financial markets was a new boom in speculation. The economic miseries of the era were not uniformly distributed, folks. Kind of sounds like something happening now. And the divergence between new classes of haves and have-nots stoked political and personal resentments alongside rampant corruption. Any of this sound familiar? The rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer? We got a people, GameStop folks fighting against hedge fund managers? Sounds really weird, right? In other ways, too, faint but eerie echoes of the Weimar era are starting to sound. A curious phenomenon at that time was the emergence of notgeld or emergency money. Forgive me if I'm not saying that right. Printed by local governments or larger corporations to facilitate commerce amid the collapse of the national money. Is Bitcoin the notgeld of our day? Elon Musk might think so, given Tesla's recent $1.5 billion bet in alternative currency and his tweet contending Bitcoin is almost as BS as fiat money. Ladies and gentlemen, Absent the opportunity of any reliable investment opportunity because your money's withering away and you're afraid to invest in anything that doesn't give you double digit returns to make you more money than the money you're losing because of inflation. You will have rampant chaotic speculation, financial chaos, and the chasing of yield in increasingly bizarre projects that will eventually lead to the collapse of everything. Wall Street Journal piece today. The pandemic spending hangover. Federal debts reached 100% of GDP even before Biden plans become law. Look at this screenshot. In case you think the printing of money has some kind of an asymptote and we've reached the top, it doesn't. It's getting worse. Look at this screenshot. We have spent more 
on the uh, than the entire. We're spending more right now in the last few years than the entire accumulated debt from the entire time of the Obama era. The Obama era, the biggest spender ever in human history before uh, the Trump era when we had a lot of debt and deficits too. The entire deficit during the Obama first term was only $5.1 trillion. We're already getting to that in the next couple of years. Holy Moses, are we in trouble. All right, I got to get to my video, but I got our final sponsor of the day. Don't get, don't miss this video. Maybe I'll get to one more story, but. You notice how I talk my way through the show on the air? Yeah. But we do have a hero of the day segment because I don't want to leave you again on a bad note. All right, Dan, what's the fix for inflation? To stop now, today. Put a lid at a minimum on government spending. And now, Dan, we're still in, you know, $2 trillion in deficit, uh, annual deficits now. Folks, it's a start. It'll start reestablishing faith in our currency right now. The solution is simple but nobody has the guts to do it. All right, today's show brought to you by MD Hearing Aid. It's an FDA-approved digital hearing aid that costs a fraction of what typical hearing aids cost. This is a new favorite of my dad who's had some issues with his hearing for a long time. He worked in a lot of loud environments. The average price of a hearing aid in America is over $2,400 a pair, but their Volt Plus model is just $299.99 each when you buy a pair. That's nearly 90% less. MD Hearing Aid was founded by an ENT surgeon who saw how many of his patients needed hearing aids but couldn't afford them. They are expensive. He made in his mission, he made his mission to develop a quality hearing aid that anyone could afford. Their sleek design fits really well. No one will ever know you're wearing it, plus it's rechargeable with a battery life that lasts up to 30 hours. If you forget to take your hearing aids off in the shower, don't worry. The Volt Plus is waterproof and up to three feet of water. You don't even need a prescription or a doctor's appointment. You buy it directly from them with audiologists and licensed hearing specialists available seven days a week. So how do they make the hearing aids so affordable? Since about 95% of people who need a hearing aid only require a few settings, MD Hearing Aid simplified the need for certain components not needed by most people. MD Hearing Aid has brought affordable hearing to over 600,000 satisfied customers. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, and they offer a 45-day risk-free trial with a 100% money-back guarantee so you can buy with confidence. It's time to reclaim your life from hearing loss. Go to mdhearingaid.com and use the promo code BONGINO to get their buy one, get one, $299.99 each offer. Plus, they're adding a free extra charging case, a $60 value just for listeners of my show, The Dan Bongino Show. So head to mdhearingaid.com. Use our promo code Bongino today, or you can even call them at 1-800-734-9524. That's 1-800-734-9524. Check them out. You won't regret it. mdhearingaid.com. Use promo code Bongino. All right, getting back to the show. Should we do the video? Paula, can we skip back there and get to the Daily Mail story, please? I got a couple of videos of this liberal, you know, crazy person calling for a truth commission, but I'm going to have to get to that tomorrow. You know what involves potato head too over at CNN. So I don't want to get, I don't want to go redline today. I need to like get back down to earth, work out after the show and kind of like center, you know? 
Story up in the show notes today. Please subscribe to my show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. Let's just communicate with you directly. Showing you again what I've been warning you about for, I don't know, five to seven years now, as long as I've been doing this show, that liberalism is an all-consuming forest fire and a metastasizing cancer on the collective caboose of the entire globe, not just the United States. And the only way to show liberals the devastating effects, sadly, of their own religion, because that's what liberalism is, is to actually impose real material losses on them from their allegiance to this outrageous anti-American system of government known as liberalism. What do I mean? It's sad, folks, but some people, you just, you can bring them to the water, but you can't make them drink it. They will die of thirst. Liberals are like that. Remember the whole defund the police movement? Sure. Joe, did we not warn about that? Yeah. Did we not warn about the stupid? Did we not say, this sounds really dumb. <laughs> this sounds really stupid. So you have big cities known for high crime, sadly, many of them. And your solution is to defund and get rid of the police officers keeping a lid on the high crime. Eh? <laughs> Who told you that was a good idea? Dopey liberals, because that's what they do best, say dopey things. Well... Sadly, and I believe me, I mean, sadly, it's not I, it, it, people get hurt here. This is not a joke, but we have warned you you would get hurt. We warned you, did we not? If you defund your police, you will see an explosion in crime. And in the areas you live in, you will get hurt. We warned you, please don't do it. Did it anyway. Daily Mail with the longest headlines in human history. What happened in Minneapolis? We warned you. There's no time for shouting fraud, by the way. None. It's a time to be deadly serious. Daily Mail headline. So much for defund the police. Minneapolis to spend $6.4 million recruiting more officers following a sharp rise in crime and up to 200 cops quitting after the George Floyd riots and $8 million in budget cuts. I, 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 can't, I can't take it. I can't take it. I cannot believe that... You needed to be warned about defunding the police, number one, because it was so stupid. But secondly, after repeatedly, repeatedly urging you to do a U-turn, people had to die, had their cars stolen, people had to be raped and assaulted, have their homes burglarized, their businesses burglarized. That all had to happen before you started to say to yourself, liberals in Minneapolis, Maybe those crazy conservatives aren't so crazy and maybe taking away our police officers was not a good idea. Getting goosebumps here because it's one of the saddest damn things I've ever seen. I'm not kidding. I am, this is not a joke. I warned every one of you with it over you know, a decade of my life spent in law enforcement at the federal and local level that this was going to result in real people suffering real material losses some of them their lives, and you did it anyway. And now you find yourself back at square one trying to rehire police officers who quit. Just a shame. And you'll go move out of Minneapolis and bring your stupid ideas elsewhere. Just please stay out of Florida. Please, I'm begging you. Please stay out of Florida. We got a good thing going down here in Florida. Please stay where you are. All right, let me leave you with some good news because it's been kind of a Debbie Downer show today. Sorry about that, but I got to warn you. I ran into a lady, by the way, at the fair this weekend. She says, I had to take a few weeks off from your show after the election. I said, no, 
You got to get back in the fight. I'm sorry. Everybody, we need to dust off. This one doesn't straighten out that much. It's hard to do. So here's some good news. Here's a guy in Australia. This is maybe the greatest clip I've ever seen. Here's this guy. I don't know who this guy is, but he's outdoors. Outdoors, folks, for those of you listening on audio. And um, he's got a pretty thick Australian accent. This was on their Seven News channel there. And some guy uh, on a with a microphone on like a 30-foot-long stick because I guess he's kind of triple social distancing or whatever it is. Uh, sir, don't you realize there's a lockdown happening right now? That's probably a British accent more than an Australian one, but whatever. I don't really do those too well. And the guy's like had enough of this. So if you're not watching this, the, vi the video, I have to tell you, is a lot better. But you'll hear a little thump at the end. I'll explain what happens on the other side of this. Check this guy out. Here's our hero of the day. Did you realize there's a lockdown? Mm, can't wait for some of these snacks. This is going to be good ass. <laughs> Dude, so for those of you listening on audio, don't be reporter. He says, I, I, he very, very thick Australian accent right there. He's my, I can't wait for these. And he says some kind of food. I don't know what he's talking about. Like, are they hot dogs or sausage? I don't know what he's cooking on this barbecue right now. But the guy thinks it's a good idea to stick the microphone. Guy just swats the microphone right away <laughs> like he's not there. That gentleman, microphone swatting guy, as Joe said, everybody use your microphone. <laughs> Joe was accurate. I use mine. Use your mind. That is our hero of the day, <laughs> whoever that guy is. He's had enough of this BS. Well done. Put a little smile on your face. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Been a loaded show today. Please go to BonginoReport.com. Make it your home for morning news. It's your new conservative alternative to the Drudge Report. And please subscribe to our Rumble channel on video, rumble.com slash Bongino, rumble.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate it. We are almost at 1.5 million million subscribers on rumble it is free for you watch the video watch that video at the end it's a real trip rumble.com slash bongino thanks see you all tomorrow you just heard dan bongino hi there sorry for the interruption but are you enjoying this show on google podcasts you should know that the google podcast app is going away this spring that's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen.